This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. As you can see, I am recording from a makeshift studio, so thank you for your patience. Hopefully, after this week is over with, I'll have a new studio set up and finished and be able to record in it, but I am going to be taking a vacation next week, a much-needed vacation at Myrtle Beach. I'm going to hang out at the beach with my family and look for shark teeth and do a little swimming and a lot of resting. Um, But today... um, I want to get into Romans chapter 3. I want to start this chapter, and we'll finish it maybe in the next podcast. And in Romans chapter 1, after Paul gave his introduction, and he sets up his authority in the, as an apostle, he begins to describe how people have no excuse not to believe in God. No excuse. Even those who have never heard of him before, they don't have any excuses because Paul says we see his attributes in creation. But instead of worshiping the Creator, People chose to worship the creation. And he then describes how people act so sinful when they choose to not worship God, to not follow God. And it's just hideous. I mean, we see it paraded in our faces all over social media and the news today. Just sin running rapid. And people don't care. Uh, We've lost our shame. And in chapter 2, Paul turns his attention to the Jews and for good reason. They tend to have kind of like a haughty spirit or an, a, 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 this attitude thinking that they are above everyone else because they are God's chosen people of the Old Testament. And they were actually given the law uh, by God through Moses. And so Paul's going to climb up on the top rope, jump off the top rope with an elbow and come down and connect with that elbow And tell these Jews that they are just as guilty as the people that he spoke about and listed in Romans chapter 1. Because they too, even though they are God's chosen people, even though they have been given the law by God himself, uh, they are just as guilty as those people he listed in Romans chapter 1. Because they too are sinners. And just because they have been circumcised and they have cut off some flesh off their private parts, it does not make them right with God. They, they have to not only know the law and hear the law and read the law, but they have to live by it. They have to live a life that is pleasing to God. It's like us saying today, uh, you can know Jesus, you can be baptized in water, but if, 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 if you're not living for Jesus on a daily basis and you're out there doing your own thing and you're living a life of sin, then you might not be saved because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit because light and darkness cannot dwell together. And so Paul is saying you better check yourself. Quit judging everybody else and make sure that your relationship is spot on and where it needs to be with God for yourself. And so... Uh, I want to pick up in chapter 3, and Paul starts off by saying, he says, Then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits, Paul says. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. That's, that's, That's huge. 
True, some of them were unfaithful. But just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not, Paul says. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. And the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. That comes from Psalm 51, verse 4. So the Jews were entrusted with the revelation of God. In other words, God revealed himself to this particular race of people, the Hebrew people. And it started with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, when he made the covenant with Abraham, and he told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And even today, not just the Jews, but even today when a person uh, is converted to Christ, when they put Christ on in baptism, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They too are a descendant of Abraham. And so God makes this covenant with Abraham in Genesis 12, which kicks off the Hebrew people who eventually become the Jews. And, and they're, they're going to be given the law through Moses. And Moses tried to lead them out of Egypt into the promised land, but they refused to go uh, because of fear. And they, they cho chose to listen to 10 of the spies instead of two of the spies who said, God's given us this land, let's go take it. And so they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years then Joshua leads them after Moses died and they eventually go in and they possess the promised land that flows with milk and honey and throughout the years following the Jews are going to be like a roller coaster up and down up and down when it comes to serving serving God because when they had a good king they were faithful when they had a bad king they were unfaithful they were just all over the place with their service to God um, so basically even though that the Jews are God's chosen people and they were given the law, Paul says, you're a bunch of sinners. And the Jews were unfaithful, just like we are today. Uh, think about this. How, how many promises have you made to God but didn't fulfill those promises? You, you, fell, you fell short. God, if you get me out of this jam, if, you, if you'll get me out of this situation, I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll go to church next week. I'll, I'll do this. I'll go talk to this person. I'll do this. And God gets us out of that situation, but yet we don't follow through with our promises. Um, here's the thing. People are unfaithful. People are people. And sometimes people are just horrible they're bad and sometimes we don't mean to let you down but we do sometimes we do mean to let you down we do it on purpose because we're mean sometimes but there are some good people but people are people and people are unfaithful they we fall short that's why you don't put your hope in any man or in any woman you put your hope and your trust in god because paul says that God is faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful and He can be trusted. He will never fail you. And that's what, there's tons of verses about God's faithfulness in the Old Testament and New Testament. But some that I want to share is, uh, I want to share three verses. 2 Timothy 2.13, where Paul writes to Timothy, If we are faithless, God remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. Isaiah 25, verse 1, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. One of my favorites, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your 
faithfulness. So, to show just how twisted man thinks today, even back then, but even but but in particular today, but Paul's writing to the, the to the church at Rome back then, and he just to show how twisted the way man thinks. Paul says this, but some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. He's already he's already told these Jews, you're a bunch of sinners. You're just as guilty as those sinners that you're trying to uh, uh, preach to in Romans chapter one. Uh, that live an alternative lifestyle. And, and he gives this whole list of sins that, uh, that the people of the world do, people who choose to not follow God. And he says in chapter 2, you are just as guilty. You're living a life of sin. And, 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 and so to show the twisted way that man thinks, this is what Paul says, but some might say, our sinfulness serves a good purpose, for it helps people to see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This Paul says this is merely a human point of view. Of course not. If God were if God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But Someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory? And some people even slander us by claiming that we say the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. And you can just hear how twisted that train of thought is. The more I sin, the more God is glorified because people see his righteousness. That's crazy. Because, yes, we are sinners, but our goal is to not be a sinner. Our goal is not to sin because sin is going against God's will. It's going against God's word. And we want to follow God. We want to be close to God. So we strive not to sin. I mean, think about this. Why would Jesus heal people or he would forgive people of their sins? And many times he would say, go and sin no more. Why does he say that? Because sin... It, it does not serve a good purpose whatsoever. Sin separates us from God. It's not God's will that we continue in sin. It's God's will that we repent of sin, turn away from sin. And Paul's saying that these Jews had this attitude that they think the more we sin, it, it, there's a good purpose in our sin. And it, it shows how righteous God is. And he's saying that this is ridiculous. This is a pathetic way to be thinking. And the thing is, we should be ashamed of our sin, not boast about our sin, not keep on sinning because we think God is glorified. No, we, we should turn away from sin. And this is a huge problem in our society, even today in 2023, because we have lost our shame when it comes to sin and we parade it all over the place. And, and and don't even blink an eye. We don't even bat an eye. We don't even turn our heads from it. We, it it's just, it's awful. And, and we force it down people's throats. And, and it's all over social media. It's all over the news. And, and and it's even getting backing from our country. And 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 so people are so sinful and they're not shame, ashamed about it. And so they just... Throw it out there in our faces. So, times have not changed. 
what was relevant in Paul's day is still relevant today. And people say, so, so many times I hear people say that the Bible is irrelevant today because it's an old book. Yeah, it's old. It's, it's been written 2,000 years ago, but it still is relevant today as it was back then because it talks about how we can live a life that is pleasing to God. And Paul gives the bottom line of what he's been saying since uh, chapter 1, here in chapter 3, verse 9, when he says, Well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. This is what he has been getting to, leading up to, all the way up until now. He's In Romans chapter 1, he, he talks about specific sins and how the world is. In chapter 2, he turns to the Jews uh, in, in Rome and he says, You are just as guilty. You are sinners because you are living a life of sin and you're boasting about it and you think God is being glorified by your sin when you should be turning away from sin. And he says, We have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, we're all under the power of sin. Because if you're not Jesus, and none of us are, then we are all under the power of sin. And that is why we need a Savior. Because Jesus is the only one and will ever be the only one who never sinned one time. Because he, he had to be that perfect sacrifice to die in our place to pay the price, the penalty for our sin. And so Paul's going to explain this later on in the chapter and we'll eventually get to it. But Paul quotes some scriptures from the Old Testament to back up his point to what he's saying here. He says, As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Now, <clears throat> verses 19 and 20 here that I just read, very strong passage. Especially with the Jews who the law was given to, and Paul's made it clear that's, that God has given you the law to the Jews. And they have based a whole religion for thousands of years on the law. It's called Judaism. And this has been around for a long time. And these, the religious leaders like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who, who Paul was one, a Pharisee, they lived their whole lives trying to keep, or they tried to get to know the law and memorize it. And then they would try to keep the law. And then they would try to enforce people to keep the law in Judaism. And then Jesus comes along and he says, don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law. I didn't come to do away with the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. So Paul says, the law will not save you. It doesn't matter 
How many scriptures from the law that you know? You can quote the, Pente- the whole Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. It's not going to save you. You can try to live it to the best of your ability because the law is based on works. And Paul will eventually get to this. And that's not going to save you. And, and if you break one law, you're guilty of breaking all the law. It will not save you. Salvation only comes through Jesus. And Paul says the law cannot save one person. No matter how many sacrifices are made under the law, it will not wash away one sin. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. And this is going to be one of the greatest controversies of the early church because they had a hard time. And you can, it's very easy to understand uh, why they would have a hard time. They've been taught this, and they've had, they've had a, a covenant with God made a covenant with Abraham way back in Genesis 12, and so for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, they've had Judaism, and they've been making sacrifices, and they've been following the law, they've been teaching the law in their synagogues ever since the Babylonian captivity, and Jesus comes along and says, "No, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. It's not through that circumcision that you that you made when you were a little kid. It's not through reading the law. It's not through hearing the law. It's not through keeping the law." It's only through me, Jesus says, John 14, verse 6. So it, it was hard for them to let go of that old way and turning to Jesus who is the new way. And we see this all throughout the book of Acts when Paul and his companions, they're being persecuted for teaching that circumcision is of the heart and not of the flesh. And we read that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. You won't take the time to read that. Um. But the early church even had to call a council. Uh, they had to have a meeting together to discuss how to handle all of these things uh, about uh, circumcision and eating uh, food that was sacrificed to idols in Acts chapter 15. The book of Hebrews even shows the struggle of people leaving Jesus and the church because of persecution, and they run straight back in to Judaism. And, and the author of Hebrews makes it very clear Uh, that if they remain in that situation, away from Jesus and going back into Judaism, he says there remains no more sacrifices for your sins. Why? Because that blood of bulls and goats, it doesn't matter anymore. It's not going to wash away your sins. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. And then what are they going to do after AD 70 when the temple is destroyed and all the records are destroyed so they they don't have a priest who a legitimate priest, they can't prove their lineage, so they can't make the sacrifices, and the temple is gone. So what are they going to do then? It's all in Jesus Christ. Salvation only comes through Jesus and not the law. The law was never meant to save anybody. It was to show us just how sinful we really are. And Jesus was and is the only one who kept the law to perfection. And he did this, like I said earlier, so that he could be our sacrificial lamb, our Passover lamb, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, who was perfect to be offered for the price and the penalty of our sins. And Paul has said several times, we don't have any excuses. If we continue to live in sin, and we continue to reject Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, who was buried for three days and resurrected and he's come out victorious and he's given us all this hope and that we can go 
before the throne of God and offer petitions of prayer and, and, and praise to Him, if we, if we continue to live in sin and reject Jesus, then we're going to be separated from God for eternity. And here's the thing. It's not God's fault. So many people today blame God for everything that's going on. It's not God's fault. It's our fault. If we end up in hell, separated from God for eternity, it's not God's fault. God does not send anybody to hell. We choose to go there. And Paul has made that very clear from the very first chapter of Romans that we do not have any excuses to not know God and to follow God. My question to you today is, are you following God? Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Have you been washed in His blood and filled with His Holy Spirit? And are you walking with Him the best of your ability on a daily basis? If not, I pray that you make that decision today. And if I can help you do so, please contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com. And I also give a phone number at the end of this podcast that you can text me on. And I will promptly get back with you as soon as I possibly can. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We'll pick up with uh, part two of Romans chapter three in the next podcast. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.